Making Better Bites podcast, your podcast source for all things women's health, hormones, and nutrition. This is your host, registered dietitian and menstrual cycle expert, Adrienne, and I'm so excited to be back for another episode today, specifically talking about preparing for pregnancy with nutrition. So I oftentimes talk about that my direct audience that I'm typically speaking to is not women necessarily who want to get pregnant because I remember being in a place of not specifically wanting to be pregnant yet, knowing that was a few years out in my plan, but that I still wanted to make some lifestyle changes and change what I was doing in order to feel better with my menstrual cycle and the problems I had going on. That doesn't mean I can never talk to people who are wanting to then become pregnant, so I decided today would be a good time to go ahead and do that episode um, explaining kind of preparation for pregnancy, but that does not mean that none of this information applies if you don't want to get pregnant in the near future. Um, a, A lot of it is always overlapping. It's more of just the language and the timeline in which you talk about it. So even if you are not interested in pregnancy soon, I encourage you to stick around because the information is still going to be helpful for you. Another comment I wanted to make is that you, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, perhaps the podcast audio sounds a little bit different and maybe I shouldn't even point it out, but I am remote podcasting from our trip to um, Georgia, so My husband and I went away first celebrating our five-year wedding anniversary slash, I guess, also baby moon of baby arrival at the end of this year. And um, yeah, so I just, I could only bring my portable small microphone, which sounds a little bit different, but hopefully the quality still stands. So um, as always, my disclaimer to you is that um, this is not intended to be medical advice. This is just general information that I'm sharing. Please be sure to always check with your trusted healthcare providers, people who know you and your health history to work with you directly one-on-one before making any changes to your health or medication or blah, 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 all of those things. Check with your providers first. So all of that being said, we will go ahead and get in today's podcast topic. So talking about preparing your body for pregnancy and I don't want to stress anyone out with sharing this information because I know there is already so much information out there about pregnancy and you know if you want to get pregnant then you need to do x y and z and it feels really overwhelming especially if you're someone who um, is worried about struggling with becoming pregnant like I was You want to do everything possible that you can, but you also don't want to burn yourself out mentally and emotionally before even getting to the point of trying to become pregnant. So try to remain as calm as possible. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and share this information and you can apply as much of it or as little of it as you want. Um, Some of it comes from personal experience is why I want to share the information but it is all scientifically backed, proven to be beneficial for you and for the health of your baby and your future. So um, the first thing that I tell people uh, because, well, 
I'll get into the because. But <laughs> the first thing that I tell people would be consider giving yourself three to six months time to prepare for pregnancy. And I would say that's like a good minimum to start with. Like I said, this information can be beneficial and used and applied at any point in your life, whether you are intending to become pregnant soon or not. Um, but giving yourself three to six months time to prepare where you're really focused on your health and your body and doing things for yourself to feel better. Um, but also because it takes at least three cycles for an egg to fully develop um, from its early stages in the follicle to then become an egg that is potentially ovulated. And so everything that you are doing right now, if you started today, would be for your egg three cycles for now, from now. It would still benefit your eggs that have already started growing like this cycle and the next cycle, but you're gonna see the biggest difference a few months out. That's also why I have my um, Kickstart Your Menstrual Cycle program. That's another major reason why that program is a three month, three cycle program because again, it takes at least three cycles to really start noticing the big changes in how you are feeling and your outcome from all of your hard work that you're gonna start putting in right now. So I know that it can be daunting if you're listening to this wanting to become pregnant like this cycle or next cycle like very soon, but if you can wait, I do recommend giving yourself three to six months time to prepare. And um, you don't have to obviously. Personally, I went with a six month time window I had already been doing a lot of things to prepare my body for pregnancy for well over that six months time frame, but also I wanted to give myself enough time post-op from my last surgery and six months felt like a good time frame to make sure my body was healed from that as well. So that's kind of where the three to six month time frame comes from. You can again take it or leave it it's up to you I'm not in your ear to tell you exactly what you have to do or to shame you if you decide you want to try to get pregnant next month like that's that's your business and totally okay um but another thing about giving yourself that amount of time to prepare for pregnancy helps your body to have time to prepare the vitamin and mineral stores that can be beneficial so if you don't have like the best diet regularly or say you've been on hormonal birth control for a really long time up until this point which can really affect your vitamin and mineral stores as well then you could be feeling pretty depleted and so giving yourself time to make sure that you are eating a really nutritious diet and getting all of those vitamins and minerals that you possibly can on a regular basis can be really beneficial because let me tell you, the first trimester, it is not always easy to be eating well and you're going to feel, you you could, you could feel tired, you could feel nauseous, there's a lot that comes with it and it can be really difficult to be making those nutritious choices for the first several weeks of your baby's life. So highly recommend having a really good foundation and basis to start off 
so that you can feel a little bit better maybe if you're not exactly doing the best in the beginning. And of course, there's always like prenatal vitamins and things that you can take that are going to support that as well, but there is nothing that compares to like actually eating nutritious like fruits and vegetables, nutritious sources of protein, healthy fats, lots of fiber. Nothing is going to replace that. And I know people joke on the internet about like, oh my gosh, my here is my baby made from my prenatal and Taco Bell and pizza, which like I get it, but also at the same time, it's really important that we are doing our best to nourish our bodies and the foods that you choose are going to be significantly more important than the prenatal. Not dismissing prenatals, just saying that the food is very, very important. So, like I said, that's just another reason to give yourself a little bit of time um, before you decide to conceive. If you just really focus on your nutrition and getting all of those nutrients in for your body as well, not just for like your future baby, but so that you can be at your healthiest and feeling your best going in to your pregnancy. The other reason, um, like I kind of already mentioned, that it takes X amount of time for your egg to fully develop in the follicle, but we wanna focus on improving your egg quality. So a lot of these things I talk about like independently and more elaborately on other podcast episodes. So if there's something that you hear and you're curious about more information on it, highly recommend like scrolling through. I will try as well to go through some of my episodes and put them in the description of this so you know like exactly what episode number that might pertain to that specific topic. Um, I'll try to make a note to do that as well before I get this uploaded. But um, yeah, the things that you can do to improve your egg quality would be um, decreasing your stress balancing your blood sugar, and reducing your inflammation. So these things all are important for independent reasons for your egg quality, but they all three also kind of play into, play together as well. So like if you're stressed out, then your inflammation is gonna be higher as well. Or if you have a lot of inflammation, you could be affecting your blood sugar levels. Um, you're also your stress affects your blood sugar levels and your inflammation can affect your stress so all three of them play together which like makes it uh hard because you don't want to do the wrong thing but and like feel like you're wreaking havoc on your life by doing one of these and knowing you're putting other things out of balance but I mean that's kind of how our body works anyways no matter what it is that you're talking about but it's also kind of nice because you know if you are working on all of these things then you are benefiting yourself across the board in the other areas as well so it's kind of a positive way to think about it um but yeah decreasing stress is really important because of your cortisol hormones specifically so um, different things you can do to reduce your stress well, it's going to be different for everybody because I don't know what your stressor is and I don't know what type of things like help to calm you, but I can talk from experience of myself. Things that cause me stress are having a lot of things in my environment that I need to get done, like having projects out for work, mentally like that 
hangs over me. And then also my environment, like my space, like physical things around me, but also the people that I'm surrounding myself with. I can get overwhelmed by those sort of things and that can cause stress in my life as well. So um, as far as projects and work goes, I try to make a schedule and keep it in my calendar and write every little detail down so that I don't have to hold it mentally in my mind because I always have a lot of lists going in my head and then I get worried I'm going to forget something or I do forget something and then I get upset about it. So I try to like make a master list of everything I want to do for a project and then kind of break it down into smaller pieces and how I'm going to accomplish it. And then you actually have to hold yourself accountable and be um, remembering how important you are as a person to yourself and go ahead and follow through with that as well. So that will help reduce that kind of stress. And then as far as my environment, um, I just try to stay on like a consistent schedule with cleaning. I, I really hate laundry a lot. So I'll do like one load a day anytime there is a load of laundry that needs done. So like I sort out our laundry a couple times a week and then anytime one of the baskets gets full, I just go ahead and do that single load that day instead of having a laundry day. Because I used to have a laundry day and it stressed me out because then I would have, you know, four loads to try and complete from beginning to end of day while also like working from home, depending on the day of the week and like what I had going on. So instead I just try to do one load anytime it's dirty and then I get to move on because it's so much easier to just put that one into the wash and then into the dryer and fold it and put it away. And it doesn't even have to be that full for me to do it. Um, so yeah, that's how I handle like environmental stress, cleaning. I like to keep my kitchen clean and my bedroom clean are kind of my two biggest areas. And then like living spaces, just keeping them decluttered is helpful. But kitchen and bedroom clean helps me to sleep and then also um, better and feel relaxed and whatnot at night and then having the kitchen clean makes me more likely to like prepare my meals in there and to want to go into the kitchen and be in the kitchen and like I said cook and prepare and spend time with family and all of those kind of things um, so that's kind of environmental stress you can't always do things about the people who you are around <laughs> that might be causing you stress but that's more of where like stress reduction techniques comes in and having boundaries as well. So being able to set boundaries with other people, knowing what your limits are and like where you can give of yourself, kind of what your maximum is that you're available to give of yourself. And then um, having those boundaries so that you're not over getting so overwhelmed. Um, and then, yeah, just having the boundaries and then also the stress reduction techniques like spending time outside is really helpful. I just talked about that on my mini episode, how beneficial that is for stress reduction, focus and clarity. Um, feeling grounded in the outdoors is just really helpful for me. Um, but I know there's other things that help people as well, like meditation, prayer, journaling, all of those sort of things. Uh, balancing your blood sugar is important because your blood sugar, the hormone associated with that is your insulin levels. And uh, if your insulin is chronically high, that can influence your hormone production that goes on with your eggs and your ovulation, 
So you want to make sure that you are balance, having balanced blood sugar and supporting balanced blood sugar as best as you can. Again, I will link longer episodes to these things. I will try to find the ones, like a few numbers that are associated with this if you want to go listen to like more in-depth. But um, some ways we want to support balanced blood sugar. A really easy thing you can do is to not eat carbs by themselves. So make sure that you're pairing your carbs with protein, with fiber, with healthy fats. That is going to help prevent those carbohydrate spikes, blood sugar spikes in your system and will help to maintain a more level blood sugar, especially speaking if you do not have any kind of um, condition. Like if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, things might be different for you um, with having insulin resistance. So you would need more in-depth information to really support your body. But um, if you do not have that, it can be a little bit easier to support balanced blood sugar, but still equally as important. Uh, Making sure you have enough protein at meals, those sort of things are going to help a lot. Also, moving after you eat can be really beneficial for reducing your blood sugar. It makes it easier for your body to intake the blood sugar, intake the sugar into your cells to be used rather than having elevated blood sugar. And it does that without needing any kind of extra pathways or assistance. Um, And then finally, we talked about the other one being reducing your inflammation. So this can be done As far as diet goes, this can be done in two ways. Um, One way to reduce your inflammation is to reduce the amount of inflammatory foods that you consume. And then the other way to reduce inflammation is to increase the anti-inflammatory foods that you consume. So inflammatory foods are often considered like high fat foods from places like fast food, ultra processed foods in packages, Um, those sort of things are going to be more inflammatory, not to say you can never eat them because that's absolutely not the case. You don't have to completely cut them out of your diet, just being more aware. And if it's currently like 80 or 90% of your diet, try reducing it back to like 50 to 60 and see how you feel. And then increasing anti-inflammatory foods is going to be your like number one thing that can be really beneficial. Um, adding more of those in. So anything that is high, like in omega-3 fatty acids, like fish, nuts, um, seeds, different things like that. Avocado can be helpful. Um, those those type of foods are going to help to cut back on the inflammation in your system, as well as having fiber-rich meals can be really beneficial for you. Uh, olive oil, cooking with that over other vegetable oils can be helpful. So those kind of things are going to help you to have more of an anti-inflammatory diet. Berries are also incredible because of their antioxidants. So it's not just about the omega-3 fatty acids, but also um, antioxidants are helpful in reducing inflammation in your system. So that's kind of the two sides to reducing inflammation. Um, And Like I said, this is all to help specifically improve our egg quality. You're going to feel different and notice differences in other areas as well because these are just healthy, nutritious things to do that can benefit your mind and your body in a lot of ways. But we're talking about doing them specifically to improve your egg quality. 
not only is your egg half of your baby's DNA, but then it's also the follicle that's left behind is what produces the progesterone for your early pregnancy. And um, as you know, if you're someone who has been pregnant before or is just aware of pregnancy and how all of that goes, progesterone is really important. Um, it's what helps to sustain the egg or the, oh my gosh, embryo early on in your pregnancy before the placenta fully forms and kind of starts to take over that hormone production. So um, yeah, making sure you have all of those things so that you can have really healthy egg quality can be really beneficial for you. So um, I think that's all of the information because I really just wanted to focus on having good vitamin and mineral stores and then egg quality, talking about those three major areas that could improve your egg quality. Um, I'll link or type out some of the episodes numbers below so you can go find them if you want to hear more in-depth, like solely devoted to that topic episodes. Um, but yeah, these are just some things that you can do to prepare your body for pregnancy, whether you're starting now for a three-month um, goal of when you want to have a baby or you're starting, you know, two years in advance. It doesn't matter. Um, and it's all, it's all great. And I'm proud of you for, for giving it a try. Um, if you have any questions, you can always, always find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. You can send me an email, whatever is easiest for you. I'm an open book. And if you know someone who might also find this episode beneficial, please like share it with them, send it to them. That is how I am able to spread the podcast via word of mouth better. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being a listener. And I hope that this has helped you to make better bites. Have a great week.